Virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity is cool. What up? What up? Virginity is cool. He's got it. He's got it. Virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity is cool. What up? Girls in high school, all the, all the Catholic high school chicks went to anal. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that yeah. was, man, ass wasn't a thing when I was younger. It crept in there somewhere in my college years. It became regular, and I believe that that was part of it, honestly. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. That's when ass went mainstream, thanks to the Catholic Church. Yeah, I've seen weird comments from millennials before where it's like, why don't uh, millennial men know how to lick pussy? And then the comments almost all the time is like, we like ass now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Beat is this? <laughs> it's what I paid for on YouTube. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream, and then the podcast. You can find it everywhere, especially on our podcast network, DeanBlundell.com, a alumnist and fellow content creator for deanblundell.com with me tonight james defiore or as my wife knows him oh yeah that writer you like uh welcome to the podcast james and don't forget you can subscribe after the fact via spotify apple podcasts all the usual places and to those tuning into the live stream tonight via facebook and youtube and of course the deanblundell.com twitter account thanks for watching james good to see you again man this is your uh, return appearance return of the defiore yeah, thanks, man. How you doing, Chris? You doing yeah. well? How's fatherhood? Did you have more hair the last time I saw you? Well, there's, it's impossible for me to have less hair. Uh, but uh, really. no, I'm, I'm excited to uh, see you again. And yeah, fatherhood is awesome. Uh, the last time that I heard from James was actually at uh, like five in the morning when my baby was three <laughs> days old. Hey, buddy, I'm high on mushrooms. And yeah. I want to come. I want to do a podcast with you right now. You should have did it. Raps. <laughs> <laughs> you had you sent me raps yeah i know i did okay i wanted, I wanted attention because i was i was in the uh universe of the shrooms right so I that's was, okay yeah. so james uh, we'll play that rap by the end of the podcast today we'll hang okay. on to that we'll claw that back to a little later on uh yeah. off the top we played this clip virginity is cool virginity is cool come on come on virginity is cool what up, what up? yes that will get into the kids minds that will convince them of the right path a rap a rap was definitely the, the yeah. solution they got they got all the, the crack team at mccain french fries to write that one i think that? <laughs> it does have the uh the yeah. sheen of a some kind okay, of a, super fry and the shoe string too like it's yeah of, a, of an 80s tv jingle trying to be hip uh yeah. but the reason i played that was uh in reference i don't know the christian angle or whatever to that i always find anyone who's preaching virginity usually has a super christian or catholic vibe to it and uh james wrote this awesome article this week and that's why again my wife says oh that writer you like yeah well that's that's an understatement uh, <laughs> that's he's like very... me call that's like me calling your wife oh that woman you like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh you can check out his content blackmallmedia.ca and of course the deanblundell.com as well um but the article was basically let's cancel the catholic church uh you say we should invade the vatican yeah I and you weren't you weren't joking well no i mean 
even it sounds like a joke even to me because we, look, I was raised Catholic. Jesus fear left a long time after I decided I didn't believe in him. Like right. it, it really like marinates inside of you. Right. Like, so I, you know, I, to this day, like my friends of mine that, and they're like agnostic at best and they're not big believers in Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you guys, let's go. They're like, they'll be like this for a second. They're like, Oh, right. I don't believe in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it, it oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So it leaves this clause in you. And I, and I find, you know, anyways, yeah, that's sort of besides the point, but the Catholic church itself, um, you know, there's an argument that you could make like that the diocese, which are clearly, you know, uh, tributaries of this main organization, the Vatican, they get money from all of these Catholic churches and, and uh, Pope Benedict uh, was the author of the policy, the internal policy that um, implicitly, like explicitly uh, rather said in the document, rather than get the authorities involved, we will just move uh, the, they will confess and we will move him to another church. And so you're yeah. literally like risking the lives of more children. And I, I, you know, in the piece, I did this as well, but I go back to what Bill Maher said, I don't know how many years ago now, where he was like, if the Catholic church was an international chain of daycare centers, would we be even be having this conversation? You know? Yeah. They've gotten away with so much throughout history. And, and this, this incident with the 215 children, you know, in the indigenous in the residential school system. I mean, I knew that that happened. I knew that that was a thing. And I remember when the last residential school was closed in I think the 90s, 96 or 97, I remember seeing it in the news and, and asking my dad, like, because I was still young, I was early teens. And I said, dad, what, what was that? And he, he broke it down to me and said it was, it was a pretty harsh thing that we did. And, but I don't know whether everybody had parents who explained that to them. And, and I don't think the government was there over the years to really fess up or explain it to us either. I mean, they were like, I mean, we knew the information. There were, there were inquiries back when Wilfrid Laurier was prime minister and, and he would squash them, you know, like, yeah. so there were attempts, you know, all throughout 20th century to sort of expose this. And, and a lot of them were not attempts of very valiant effort. <laughs> you know, it was just yeah, we... formality stuff. But, but we knew after the Truth and Reconciliation Committee convened and they came up with that big list of, of um, advisements or whatever that Canada should perform, that this stuff existed. We didn't have, I don't think um, many of us, if it did exist, didn't read the innards but a lot of it was just um, guesswork because there wasn't a lot of record taking for, you know, serial killing babies and kids. <laughs> yeah, nobody wanted to write that down. No one wanted to log that. I don't blame them. This is, this is now, uh, not now, but like, like we have to really come to terms with the fact that this is an organization best known for raping kids and killing kids. Like really, like that, that's what it's best known for. Um, or at least that's a big pillar of its identity. And, and I, and, you know, I'm just, obviously it's a power. I, I, there's a billion Catholics or something. I don't know how many Catholics there are, but you know, it, getting it, smaller it, though, you have to admit like church in general, you know, I've seen more churches, abandoned churches or churches up for rent or churches being run out into houses these days. It's, it's not quite what it was, but it's still pretty potent. Yeah. I don't know the numbers. The numbers were looking good for, my militant atheist ass for a long time, where it was like the fastest growing demographic um, when you when you included it in religion. So mm -hmm. you know it was it was it was outpacing every other religion as far as growth. But that was like ten years ago, and I don't know 
what's going on now. But, uh, you know, four years of Trump could probably turn a lot of people to Jesus, maybe. You know, I don't know. Or against <laughs> I know. him. I mean, he was so divisive after all. Uh, well, he did, but, but everyone knew, everybody knew that Trump doesn't. It's not even that he believes or doesn't believe. He just doesn't give a fuck either way. He's never thought about it. It doesn't matter to him. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and the way that he sort of like championed the evangelicals and the, and the more radical sect. of It was just, a, a, just an ends to a means. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Political ends. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, is I mean, I, I don't necessarily like cancel culture. I'm not a cancel culture person. I don't think you would call the invasion of, of the Vatican. It's a little more. It's full outright war, I guess, is yeah. what you were suggesting. Well, it's, it's, it's an international cabal of of uh, people who have killed and, and, and uh, enabled and abetted the raping and murder of children. Like that's what it is. That's not even like hyperbolic. That's exactly what it is. You know, we just found a mass grave with 215 kids, largely because of the Catholic Church. So, yeah. you know, uh, is, I think it's time we should just do play like we, we should do like a thought exercise where we just replace the Catholic Church with any other business, any other sector. Anything. Yeah. I mean, if and, it and, was if it was Pfizer or AstraZeneca or, a, or a daycare center, an international chain of daycare centers is a perfect. Analogy. Yeah, I do like that. Um, just as a note, too, we're running the podcast on a regular uh, live stream now. It's 9 p.m. ish, just after 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings. And it's so next 922. Sorry, I know. Well, we, you know, I had to step out to the garage and smoke daddy's medicine, you know, because I don't do it in the house anymore. You know, we're eating right. up time. Um, but, but ish, uh, but next Thursday's episode, uh, I can already uh, tell you is a friend of mine. Um, well, my best friend's dad, he's an indigenous, uh, novelist and he has a trio of books out there. The first is called I am Algonquin. His name is Rick Ravel. He'll be joining the podcast, uh, next Thursday night to, discuss because obviously we're talking about you know these dead indigenous children but it's two caucasians sort of tackling the subject uh i would love to get his take on this and obviously talk about his works which uh he's on his fourth novel already so he and he's published so uh i mean you can appreciate that too as a writer james yeah no absolutely and he's from where i live basically in this area like he's like i i live like in in a place called Killaloo, which is just like 20 minutes outside the eastern gates of uh algonquin yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. So yeah, this is my best friend's dad. And I'm so fortunate to, uh, to have the hookup with this guy. He goes on tours well before pandemic anyways, he used to go on tours. His books are used in the school system now, which is also heartening for where things are headed, you know, in yeah. terms of uh, where we're headed as a country too, to know that his books are being, you know, used in the school system. Oh, you're um, so lucky dude that your kid is obviously way too young to be in school right now. Oh my God. It's been a nightmare. For I couldn't even imagine having to, you know, go to a uh, kindergarten or put her on the bus to her first day at school wearing a mask. I couldn't even imagine. Well, the online like. and, and then your only choice after that is like, I will be the teacher at home and it will go great. And then you want to kill everybody and everything like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah know? There's no real win for parents or students or teachers no. during these times. Right. No, there isn't. There absolutely isn't. Yeah. Another reason to get vaccinated. Let's put a fucking end to this. Yeah. Um, so now that I've given the plug that I am going to be talking to an indigenous person about this topic, let's talk about it. You and I, James. Oh, is that uh, your disclaimer so that the whiteies can start talking again? Is yeah, that, that was that was the we had to check the box there, man. And I, I hate, that was smooth, man. Thanks. So um, 
you know, I saw that there was the statue at Ryerson University that had paint dumped all over it. Um, and, and in previous times, of course, Kingston, Ontario, I've got quite a history in that city. You know, I've lived there several times and I call it my second home. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the statue of Sir John A. Macdonald in City Park in Kingston has been uh, vandalized and had paint poured all over it many a times as well. Where are you on the statue debate? Because I, you know, we used to be a country where we'd be like, oh, we'll never be a mask country. You know, like they only wear masks overseas in different countries, mm. you know, but now we're a mask country. And then and they don't topple statues you know, in our country, they topple statues in other countries like Saddam Hussein or Muammar Gaddafi's statue gets knocked down. But now we're knocking down or we're vandalizing statues as well. Uh, I, are we just late to the late to the party on these trends, I guess? Or what's your take? Well, no one else really does this. Like the states is the only other country I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there was some sort of anecdotal incidents in Europe here and there. But for the most part, it's a, at the very least, it's a Western nation thing, and it, it is not done anywhere else, right? And I think one of the things that one of the things that I think e each side has a really bad way of negotiating with the other side. So right. I don't know. I, I don't know why right wingers and left wingers can't get together and agree on something like, how about we stop naming institutions after slavers and. You know, Laurier was kind of a piece of shit. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, what, you know, and, and, and then we'll just we'll keep the statues for historical historical reasons and we'll put up placards that will have bullet points of all the horrible shit that this person did. Right. Like, it's just that when you put a name on the side of a building or a wing of a museum and that kind of stuff, it's there, there's a prestige involved with it. And, and I don't think that that is helpful. So I think that's the overlap. I think that yeah. it's easy. It's easy to come to grips if you're living in the South that General Lee was a traitor to the country, right? <laughs> you could probably make that argument. And, and, yeah, and, most people and, would. Right, and so you know when it, when it comes to uh, yeah, it's it, it's just one of those it's one of those great issues, really. Like it, it allows people to talk for for a lot longer than you probably would want to on any given issue. But, you know, it, 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 but the statues, that, but the typical thing that they do where they go up and they're, they're really angry because the statue depicts a person that's been dead for 150 years. They have a point, but I think that they're exercising it at the wrong station. They should, they, they should want the, these names off prestigious halls and buildings. And who cares if there's a statue of some idiot, you know, right. You know, my friend That's Riley, shout out to my buddy Riley in Kingston too. He pointed out that the vigil for the 215 dead Indigenous children was 200 feet away from the Sir John A. Macdonald statue in Kingston. Uh, yeah, like symbolic. It's a really yeah. hard thing to argue, you know, that, you know, what do you mean? He, you know, like even like the founding fathers in the States, those are great examples because a lot of them were, you know, slave owners and there was Andrew Jackson was a complete psychopath, right? Like, there, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that you could point fingers at, but. Well, Sir John A too, you know, there's stories about him and, and I don't know if this is just Kingston lore, uh, but I believe and maybe it was him or maybe it was a different prime minister. But I remember hearing that he used to like have a, a, a like he used to consult like a crystal ball and he was a complete drunk. And he used to, you know what I mean? I mean, I could be wrong on the, like he had a, a like a mystic with a crystal ball that he used to talk to or something. You know, I, we have priests today. What's the difference, you know? Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, not to I, the original point. Right, yeah, so the, you got crystal, Thor, Hermes, I don't know, it's all the same thing. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's a, 
<laughs> a crystal ball. I never heard that one. But I he was all, but he was the one that said that they, that you know he didn't want to let the the Chinese dogs in because he wanted to keep Canada Aryan. <laughs> so it's like oh yeah. Yeah. There's some pretty wicked crazy. Oh, sorry. It was uh, Mackenzie King. Oh, was it? And crystal believe, ball. This is crystal ball guy. Yeah. Okay. One of our prime ministers used a crystal ball. William Lyon Mackenzie King. Lyon. Used the crystal, crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's on display apparently at Laurier house. Why are we doing that? That's like the, the thing We're that celebrating came to mind. his insanity. <laughs> well, the thing that came to mind when you informed me that this even existed, you remember that photo of Trump and the Saudis with their hand on that glowing sphere? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So we We're in good company, Chris. Oh man. Jesus. <laughs> that guy's never going to go away. Donald Trump. He's never, he's never going to go away. He's off Twitter. He's off Facebook, but he's never going to go away. Well, he is going away. His blog, he shut it down. It only got like, 15,000 hits a day or something. He needed the office in order for people to overlook how stupid and ridiculous he is. And oh, I, like I, some radio hosts need a radio station in order to get followers? Yeah, I, you know what I hate when radio stations do that thing? Like, I bet you can't name a boy's name that doesn't have the letter E. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> these are these are. Uh, it's like yeah. it's like the quiz in Cosmo. You know that's then, what it is. Yeah. But then the worst part about it is that you look and it's got like thirty thousand comments. It's like you fucking idiots. Like. <laughs> you know? That's why. Again, we wouldn't do it. We would not do it if it didn't work. If it did not get us traction, as they say, on yeah. Facebook. It makes me mad because it's so cheap and low hanging fruit, and you're virtually guaranteeing that your audience has like slope browse. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um back to the the statues thing you know i like having maybe some sort of a disclaimer there i think that uh you know keeping the statue and having a plaque is maybe a way to sort of do it right maybe or take away the statue and make the plaque and the bust of this person similar in size so they can't think that you're taken aside or whatever i mean yeah like there's, i don't know what they do in russia about stalin i don't know what what if there's a Stalin museum, but he killed more people than Hitler did. So, you know, like everyone, every nation has their issues like that. It's just that we always try to uh, paste a, you know, present day standard to past centuries and past decades. And it's just, it never works. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, go back and look at like comedy from the seventies or the eighties or like George Carlin, you know, if you listen to some yeah. of his old albums, you're like, these jokes wouldn't fly today. He uses the N word back then. Yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. He talks about kids, like little kids riding down a banister and getting off on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He'd probably be under investigation if you put that up. That, yeah. He'd be, he'd be part of a cabal at that yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Or he'd work at Fox News. One of the yeah. Well, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Bill Maher and that was one of the great, and I would love to play the clip because, uh, but I can't because of uh, HBO copyright reasons. But uh, a couple of weeks back, he had a whole thing about how, Hey, being sex maniacs was our things as the left wing. You know, <laughs> some reason the crazy conservatives like that guy, who is it? Gates? Matt Gates? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and Jerry Falwell's kid too. Yeah. Yeah. They're all these, these weird sexual guys that caught up in these sexual sort of mishaps. And it's like, Hey, that used to be our thing on the left, free love and crazy parties and hotel sex parties and, and secret rooms in the white house to, to get laid, you know, and, and under the desk cigar sessions, you know, that used to be the thing that the left wing did. And now the left wing is the fun police. Yeah. I know. Well, I think both sides always did it, though, because, uh, you know, all the scandals from the 90s and the early 2000s. Don't you remember all those like vehemently and 
anti gay, you know, Republican senators and Congress people that yeah. then, would, then would get caught like on a meth binge with two male prostitutes and stuff. Like, <laughs> and it was always like the most ardently anti gay senator. And, uh, you know, and then they had the log, then they have log cabin Republicans. You know, there's, there's a lot of gay politicians in, in, in the Republican Party, but the log cabin Republican. Do I want to know? It's a gay Republican. Oh, is it? Oh, that's what they call him? A log cabin? Yeah, you know, they're all about, you know how they're all about military prestige? I guess log cabin Republican is like the most virile gay label you can give to a Republican. <laughs> really? I don't know. I'm just oh, okay. It's like they're not even in the closet. They're way off in the woods <laughs> in a log cabin. Like they've removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't come out. We'll tell you when it's time to come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll that's send right. a hawk for you with a message to your yeah. remote cabin in the, your log cabin in the woods. Yeah. It is kind of a funny name, and it, it evokes an image of something. I'm not really sure what it evokes. Yeah, it, it's got a brokeback mountain feel, that's for sure. Yeah, like it, but it's romantic and not sleazy. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah, like, yeah, like, it's actually classy as far as Republican. Yeah, there's a fire there, maybe a snifter of something. You know, mm -hmm. that'd be good. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, do you think? Here's a question for you, James. Do you think that, um, you know, we just came out of our stay-at-home order here in Ontario yesterday? And do you think that some of these governmental lockdowns and rules that we've been facing have actually been detrimental to our general population's belief and trust in the government? Like we lifted the stay at home order, but has anyone actually been staying at home except for doctor's appointments and groceries? I don't think they have. I think people have tuned out the government. Like, you know, they say like a, a players have tuned out the coach, you know, the coach yeah. lost the room. I feel like they've lost the room and the average person may not be anti-lockdown or an anti-masker or going out to the protest, but they certainly aren't compliant citizens. I mean, what's this apathy to government? You know, what's this going to pose for us in the future post pandemic? I think this is going to have problems. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, I mean, with every COVID question, my, the real answer is, I don't know. <laughs> no <idea. Yeah. laughs> you know, facts change, numbers change the context of the facts that changed already changed again. Like it's always something, right? So what I think they're going to find out, I mean, you could pick your poison. Um, one of them, I think, and libertarians would hate to hear me say this, was that our first lockdown in like, what was that, March? Yeah, uh, March, 20, April. March 2020 to April. It, it, I mean, when you hear the phrase lockdown, you think, oh, everyone's locked down. But then the laundry list of exceptions and essential workers and everyone else and people that are just disobeying the rules and this and that. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a lockdown. Really? We never actually did. Yeah. No. We've had we've had a slowdown, but yeah. I don't think we've ever had a lockdown. And so the way that they're and plus, I don't know about you, but most of my friends, um, there's no fear of this pandemic. It's not like leprosy or something where you're like really afraid to get it because you, you know, you don't think that you know like, like it would be bad news if you got it i don't know anybody that's been like man i'm really scared to get covid like no one i know is feeling that yeah. way just, it's more of an annoyance i think for people. yeah for and for me it's it's my folks that are I, I know people who are are afraid of it uh you know yeah. i do they're and, always over 70 though right like for the well, most part yeah for the most part but i do know a couple of people in their late 30s you know that that have said you know uh, i feel like i'm at risk or i've got you know xyz or yeah. i'm just i've been sickly my whole life you know whatever reasons right um vegans right 
Yeah. I no, I don't get enough iron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. The thing is, is that like, but it was, it was, it was smart to be afraid if you're in your thirties, because, you know, uh, they're looking ahead and they, you know, they don't want to send it to their senior citizen parents and stuff. Right. So yeah. it, it is, it does make sense for people to be, you know, resilient and all that kind of stuff and careful and clean and everything. So I'm not, I'm not even knocking yeah. that, but I don't think it's an answerable question. I don't think you can, you know, predict whether or not, we're making you can't even say if we're making the right decisions last week like is that good? did, did yeah. that have a good result well so far but the bottom as we know could just fall out at any moment <laughs> so. yeah yeah well i even said on the air today i was like oh hey so uh kids aren't going back to school and i'm out of things to say like like you say like hey when it comes to the pandemic pff, fuck the vino and i i basically said that on the air today on my morning show i just said yeah well kids are uh, gonna be off for the next three weeks they're not going back till the fall some people like it some people hate it. Here's yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Objective journalism just on the lead into Led Zeppelin. That's amazing. No, but yeah. you know, the funny thing is, is that you can't, like, for, I, I thought it was stupid that they were even considering it. You know, like, my, you know, every kid has had a different sort of experience. Some kids were in online learning. Some kids have been in school since the beginning. Then there was, you know, when no one was in school and then there's homeschoolers and there's all these different types of kids now. Yeah. But my wife and I were like, well, our kids haven't even really been to school at all to, this year, really. So why would we send them back for two weeks? And then that's about how long it takes to adjust to school. And then we're like, eh, that's enough of that. <laughs> well, and do they actually learn much at school because of all the protocols? And like, okay, we got to line up six feet and make sure everybody's compliant and everybody's got, okay, everybody put your masks on. And like, I'm sure it takes even longer, like for kids, just normal under normal circumstances to get their lunchbox and their coat and go pee, yeah. you know, it could take forever. Now you throw masks and lining up and six feet and, you know, that's a lot of other, that you're not going to learn much in a day. Well, they did it last year, and I don't know how well or how bad it went because my I took we yanked our kid as soon as we were like, okay, well, COVID's here. Let's just I don't know how many roulettes is fine for Russian roulette with my kid, but yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it's more than six, <laughs> but I, I still get it. You know? Yeah, right. Uh, but um, yeah, and here we are now. Um, what are we? Sixty-two percent vaccinated. Yeah, and and they say seventy around seventy is herd immunity, so. I mean, I'm hopeful that we're going to get there sooner than later. I'm hoping yeah. that, you know, I got my second shot in August. Have you got, you got your first? I got my first. I think my second shot was originally supposed to be in August as well. I don't know. The, I got AstraZeneca. I hope that they sort out all that bullshit because I don't want to mix vaccines. See, I'm, I'm hesitant. I don't I'm blame you. I'm, I wouldn't want to mix I'm vaccine. Yeah, I'm vaccine hesitant when it comes to mixing. You know, yeah. I think that's the only thing, though. You know. Well, and, and you know, I know somebody who, uh, uh, my buddy Joe, he's been on the pod. He said this on this podcast uh, a, a few episodes back. He said, I actually want the AstraZeneca over the others because it's the old school vaccine. It's the vector vaccine. And the, the, the Pfizer and the Moderna is the more modern mRNA vaccine that's, that's brand new. It's never been given out to a general population before. So he wanted the old school where they take a little piece of the virus and they put it into you and you fight it off, you know, rather than the, the new version, which I can't even explain it so complicated but uh, oh you mean the one that invades your dna that one? yeah that's one that changes your changes dna put a tracking device in you and bill yeah, gates like we all bill become watching you like sliver with a big thing of tv yeah. screens yeah, yeah. or yeah. we all become mystique from uh x x-men right <laughs> yeah we're gonna blue just skin. like yeah. keep up with me evolution what woke woke <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he preferred the AstraZeneca and I, and I understand why. And yeah, I wouldn't want to mix either. So I hope that you can get your second shot as an Astra. I think they're going to allow that. I think the government said that. I don't know. Well, it might have changed I, I, as of today. Yeah. But 
Well, I love how the uh, the expiry date for the vaccines was like definitively on such and such a date. I think it was May 30th or something. And they're like, July 1st now. <laughs> yes. Hang on a second. Yeah. yeah, they said, yeah, it was, yeah, they've extended the the expiration date. I'm like, can you do that? Which is probably risky. I mean, unless they have some, you know, a fine print clause that absolves them from responsibility if an expired vaccine causes a blood clot. But if you can imagine an expired vaccine causing a blood clot, I think that'd be a crazy ass story, right? So yeah. I don't know. It, it seems really risky. I don't know who has to give the green light on that. If it's just AstraZeneca or if it's our government, I'm sure it's both. I have no idea. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that our governments are not good at talking to us about is like the behind the scenes vaccine thing. You know, like why did you, why did Trudeau mm -hmm. only go with the big giant Chinese deal and hold everyone off and then that one collapsed and then these ones collapsed because he held them off, you know, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> the distribution incompetence. Like yeah, well, I, I've made the case previously that, you know, we should have had the Canadian forces roll out the vaccine. I mean, the vaccine is being acquired on a federal level and you could critique, like you say, how, how the, the vaccine was acquired. There's lots to critique on that, of course. Um, but, and I'm not afraid to, because like, like you, I'm an aggressive centrist. I'm, I, I, I like the liberal party. I generally lean liberal, but it doesn't mean I can't critique them for things. Um, but, uh, and that's definitely one of them. They, they screwed up, they screwed up the acquisition of the vaccine. But then secondly, uh, well, first of all, they tried to make a deal with China in a moment in history where we've never had higher tensions. Yeah. And it's just like, Hey, let's go to China for the deal. Like I, I am, I am positive and I have no evidence, but I am positive that China was like, let's just fuck the deal up with Canada to let them know you know, so they, they can still go fuck themselves and we're going to kill the Michaels if they don't let our bitch go from the Vancouver prison. You know? Oh, for sure. They wasted our time intentionally. I I, yeah. I would totally get behind you on that one too. Mm -hmm. um, and anyways, I feel like the Canadian forces, because they operate on a federal level, it could have been federal to federal rather than provincial and then local jurisdictions. And like, it's been a gong show. Like I live in York region, but of course I work in Simcoe and it's like even just the differences between Newmarket and Barrie, Ontario was yeah. massive in terms of where you can get the vaccine and how you can get it and the qualifications. I got to get it in York region because I I'm overweight. I got the Pfizer vaccine. I got the fat clause. I got the oh, fat wow. clause for it. Nice. But the fat clause only kicked in two weeks later in Simcoe, which is like 25 minutes. Like the border's like 25 minutes away. Yeah. It's like, I don't get why that happened. I think if you just had the Canadian forces roll up out of every town in Canada, set up a big giant tent or go to the community center, the local curling rink, whatever, uh, and just keep it on the federal level. Don't let the province and then the local, the, the cities and the, you know, the local health units get involved. It just got all convoluted. It would have been a really um, hard sell politically, I think. You know, <clears throat> not to me. I, 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 when I see military on the street helping society take care of something, that's what that they're big, there for. That's what we pay our taxes for. I know, but but it like speaks immediately to the depraved souls of those that think everything's a conspiracy, right? Like, oh my God, the new world order's here, everybody. Oh you know? yeah, fuck, that's right. They're, I they're always just, forget. But they're distributing the vaccines. Yeah, the Bill Gates vaccine, everybody. Like, and you can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. win, right? There's no winning that. So, yeah. you know, what, what, what do we do? You know, we, we, we keep on <laughs> we yeah. keep trying to get vaccinated. We keep trying we to get it. Anyways, yeah. August, I think 16th, whatever. I got the little slip in my wallet, man. Here we go. Labor Day weekend. I'm hosting a fucking barbecue. I'm telling you that now. I'm having <laughs> a barbecue. 
fucking barbecue on Labor Day weekend. My wife and I will both be, my whole family, my whole circle of friends will all be vaccinated by the end of August. I cannot oh, okay, wait. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cannot wait for that. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. I, I haven't seen my mom in like, I don't know, like whatever, Christmas 2019, whatever that is. You know? Yeah, yeah, same. I've seen my mom on her front step. That's about it. Can you, I mean, in the time we told my parents that we we're having a baby at Thanksgiving on their front step at like 20 feet away. You know, they yeah, I know, I know, eh? like, you know and the baby is here now and they, you know what I mean? Like, and my mom still hasn't seen, you know, like they're still, they want to see their grandchild. Sucks. Yeah, I know that's the toughest part about everything, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there are a ton of other more heartbreaking stories than ours. Don't well, get me COVID wrong. Is the big, COVID is the big one. I, I joked to someone, I don't know who it was today. Maybe it was Dean before we went on air that COVID is like turning everybody into British people because we're not seeing our friends and family and we kind of don't care. <laughs> yeah, we've all developed a stiff upper lick. Yeah. Right. Nothing a cup of tea can't fix. That's right. Pinkies up everybody, you know? Hello. Um, on, I, uh, man, I got a whole bunch of other things I got to chat about with you here, James. Yeah, go, go, ahead, you go ahead. You mentioned China. You mentioned China too. And, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know that they're investigating now. Now it's Facebook has unblocked the 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 theory or people publishing stories about how I can't believe they did that to begin perhaps with. that the, the COVID was made in a lab. Like that's no longer fake news. Facebook is allowing it to be out there now. Allowing it. Imagine that. Isn't that freaky? Yeah. Speaking of Zenu World Alda, passports, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And how many of us, uh, and, and it was, the number was large. It wasn't a small number. Uh, reported on the lab theory like over a year ago. Yeah. You know, but because we were getting information from Chinese scientists and from reputable journalists in, in uh, Hong Kong and um, there were defectors and everything. Yeah. And they were, and, and, and you didn't even have to know that it's like, you know, it's, it's just one of those, like the most logical solution has to be the correct one. You're, you're, you're saying that it came from this place and, Oh, you actually do, experiments on that exact virus 300 yards away from where that wet market yeah is. like two blocks from the market that they say it had the the, the, the thing ha that came out in the, in the in the wet market yeah two so, blocks. I mean, so so reasonable people at the beginning wouldn't infer either way but they'd be like okay we have two working theories um wet market one seems a little far-fetched but let's see where it goes yeah you know, the lab theory it's it, it seems not just possible but plausible probable i don't know like it just you know the, yeah. the the gain of function research that um evolves these viruses so that they can figure out how to like get ahead of it yeah. i mean that that is like and, and and viruses have escaped from that exact lab before so well and and yeah and they're investigating that it's a leak that's that's the the, the u.s government now is saying and that's why facebook has lifted the ban on talking about it that's is what we said last year i had robert spald general robert robert spalding on the show last year and he said we don't even care if it's a leak or a, a deliberate world sabotage because we, we we have no way of proving anything china right you know who knows what when they're telling you china would be the hardest country to get intel to actually prove it that it actually happened. That's the other thing. You can suspect all you want. Here's, and here's another, okay, I'm going to take this down a conspiracy road even further. I said this last March when it started. Do you remember the world events leading up to COVID? Because I do. Kobe died. You know, Australia was on fire. But also, Hong Kong had riots. That's right. From December all the way until March. 
Those riots went away pretty quickly, didn't they? Because of COVID. Just because two dots exist doesn't mean there's a line between them. No, it doesn't. I don't know. I, don't know. It you know, I wouldn't put past anything. I wouldn't put anything past China, but at the same time, I have no fucking idea, right? Like, see, no. maybe, you know. I maybe. wanted to put that out there and maybe Facebook will shut down the live stream. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened to me. Really? <laughs> Yeah, well, that was that was because of nudity. They had they had the right to do that when that I was asking for it. Who but, was nude? You were nude? No, it was Melanie Martin. Um, this is way back, like episode five. Uh, it, they yanked the live stream because she was talking about all the unwanted dick pics that she gets in her inbox, uh, in her DMs. And I said, you know what? Well, let's shame one of these dudes. No message, nothing. Just here's a big dick in your inbox. And she took <laughs> it on her phone and flashed it up at the camera. And within five seconds, the stream got pulled. The dick robots found it and just broop, shut it down. What the fuck? Like, who, from who? Your carrier? Who, who does Facebook. that? Like, no, Facebook shut it down. So I got a notification. Man, face, my Facebook page has been crushed, oh, has been okay. crushed ever since. Like, my, my circulation has been so limited. So to anyone who, who follows me on Facebook, if you see me post something, please like it. Just generally like it because it will help me get back in the game. Because I they, have advice. An anvil on top of me. I have advice for you. So this happens often when you post audio or video of your podcast, right? Like you don't get as much interaction because they change their. Well, also just general posts, memes, pictures, any post that I make is is significantly reduced in terms of its uh, viewability. Okay, because I don't know, I don't know about that specific thing, but I do know that if I post a YouTube video straight up with just like a sentence before it, nobody will look at it. Yeah. Like, so, so I posted my uh, Noam Chomsky interview, uh, the video straight onto my newsfeed, mm-hmm. and I, I got like two likes. So the next day, or maybe later that day, I posted a photo of me and Noam Chomsky, and then I talked about it in that original post, and then I put a uh, link to full video in, in the comments, and that got like a hundred. Interesting. Okay. So I don't, I don't think Facebook allows Google via YouTube to get its tentacles into this. So the YouTube is the workaround then. Yeah, I think so. Because I think Facebook wants people to use their player, right? Yeah, which, which I am. I'm on YouTube and Facebook, but I want, I want them both to be successful. You know, you want to have as many. Get along. Stop doing this to us. This is like, I know. remember Flash, VHS, VHS, Flash Wars yeah. between Microsoft and Apple? Remember? Yeah, yeah, I know. VHS, beta, there's always these frigging debates. You mentioned the Chomsky thing. I haven't checked it out, man. I feel so bad, but Blackballed is the name of the podcast as well. And your first guest is Noam Chomsky. How the fuck did you get that interview? I just emailed him before the election last year. And, um, you know, I asked him a question that I thought was interesting enough, maybe him to answer. I wasn't sure, but I heard he's like, he's pretty good at, um, at, you know, answering people. And I just asked him like, you know, if it felt weird sort of advising that citizens vote for an establishment candidate like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we sent a couple emails back and forth over the next couple months. And then, uh, you know, I just said, Hey, listen, I, I, my strategy was simple. Uh, ask for something that's like three or four months away <laughs> so that he has a better chance of saying yes. That, that was my big strategy. So, that's cool. so, you, so you, 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 you like, it's kind of like when there's a girl you really like, you know, you have a first meeting, a meet cute. And then over the course of a few months, you drop a few notes or a few run-ins here and there and you sort of like plant the seed then you water the plant and then you fuck the plant right <laughs> yes yes yeah especially the last one yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> uh that's awesome i will check that out i'm sorry man it's just the baby chaos don't, don't ever apologize chaos not watching an hour and a half of droned on while entertaining 
political activism <laughs> rhetoric from uh, from an ancient gnome named gnome you know how it was great he you know what the whole the whole thing behind the interview was that i i was gonna let gnome talk i'm not gonna try to match political acumen with him yeah. and it was probably the right call i don't believe in everything that he believes in but like i have a hard time coming up with better arguments than he does even for things that i believe that are different so and i yeah. like that in people there's conservatives like that too george will is like that you know um there, there's i just like intellects that and I, and, you know, and I, and a lot of uh, interviewers, especially American ones, they, they get caught up in this thing where they want to be on the same level as the person that they're interviewing. And it just collapses. Like it just, you know, it, yeah. it's, anno- it's annoying. It's distracting, you know, just yeah. let the person talk. We're here for them, not you. you know? We're almost uh, at our time there, James, but um, I do want to, uh, I want to play this rap of yours that you sent me at four or five in the morning. <laughs> When white guys say rap, it sounds so funny. Yeah, I know. Is it, where are this this hip hop mix? What would, what was what's the proper nomenclature for this song? It's a song? song? Oh, this song. Okay. <laughs> this know. endeavor. I'm gonna play that in just a few seconds. I bought the beat. I bought the beat. So at least I'm not. You like, paid for it. Yeah, this outfit called Antidote. They're really good. Cool. Well, that's funny. You asked me off the top, like, where did you get this beat or the intro music? And I said, yeah, it's it's some some approved YouTube thing that I, I paid like 90 bucks US for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some service out there. But before we play this rap, I just want to quickly make, and, and I know that you may not be as up to date on what's going on in Belarus right now, but this is again, back to my prejudice on Russia and Russians in terms of, and, and maybe it's because my landlords are Russians and they're kicking us out. I don't know why, but I feel like Russian psyops and the Russian state is really, really on fire these days. And nobody's really paying attention to what they're doing as an actor out there politically and militarily. I, well, also go. I pose that, that Putin's plan is to reunite the Soviet Union. I feel that way. Yeah, you're not alone. I mean, uh, Julia Ihoff, the American uh, journalist, um, said, in like, uh, said this, the exact same thing that you just said in a frontline documentary about the Putin regime. Um, you know, all this stuff about hacking and spying and disinformation, like, do we forget that every country does that? I guess. But I view them as being good at it, but maybe are they sloppy at it because we can tell? I don't know. I think that you would find out that the Americans, uh, the apparatus that does that kind of work is probably 50 times larger than Russia's. Really? Yeah, because they're not, it's just, you know, but you never hear about any of that. And you haven't. When was the last time you heard really detailed stories about, you know, American spies and what they do to other countries? <laughs> it never happens. It's true, because they're too good at it, maybe. Uh, yeah, and this- they're hypocrites. They can just go into Pakistan and steal Osama's body, allegedly, and, uh, you know, take it away. Right? <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Matt, Zero Dark 30 was a great movie, James. It was yeah, a well, great movie. The dumping the body at sea written thing by the CIA. Go, the, the, the dumping the body at sea thing will go down as one of the craziest like endings to a story that you never believed in. Anyway. That is kind of strange, right? The dumping at sea thing. I I I will concede that. Um, uh, influencers say they got offered thousands of dollars to spread fake news on the Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine. So this is influencers in France on Instagram, on Twitter, and so on and so forth. Um, were contacted by a mysterious ad agency offering to pay them if they agreed to smear the Pfizer vaccine with negative fake stories and also promote the AstraZeneca vaccine on top of that. And for me, 
it comes off as, oh, it's somebody, you know, trying to give AstraZeneca the lift. But to me, it reads as Russia. That's what I see. They just want chaos the same way that they put as much money into Bernie Sanders as they did into Hillary Clinton, promoting both of them just to create chaos. As much as they did put into Trump, they put into Hillary as well uh, in that election. And uh, it's not a takedown on Pfizer. It's a takedown on vaccines and just creating distrust overall. Well, I think that the loser out of all those vaccine companies is still AstraZeneca, right? They were banned. How many countries? In yeah, the yeah, there is that. But so it sounds like if they were, if, if they were, um, you know, employing some nefarious strategy to like, you know, deflate the stock of Pfizer and Moderna or whatever. Yeah, it looked like it didn't work. You know, like it, it was sloppy. You know, they, they, they got a whole, they got millions of doses canceled. So I don't know. I don't know who, who would be responsible for something like that. It's an interesting theory. The, uh, the aid ad or the, uh, the, the, the ad agency letter apparently, or email kind of read like, uh, it had some broken English. It kind of read like a Nigerian prince email. So well, that would be the great art of, uh, distraction, wouldn't it? Yeah. What, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Again, yeah. there's weird stuff that's going on. I read Russia. I don't know why. Maybe it's my prejudice, prejudice going back to that, but then also Belarus, I think that they're just basically a Russian state right now. Uh, the, the more things, I mean, obviously Ukraine is fighting their own battle. I mean, there's a whole part of Ukraine that's now part of Russia. Let's not forget that. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, Putin is ex KGB. So he's still in his mind is living in the Soviet union. Right? Like, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's his yeah. fantasy. Right. Um, so I'll just run down the quick headlines with Belarus. Two days ago, Belarus has banned most citizens from traveling abroad. Papers, please. You think we're living in lockdown? That's lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah there was a political opposition leader, Roman Protasevich. Uh, he was uh, to the government of Belarus, a pro uh, an opposition leader. He was on a Ryanair flight. The government scrambled fighter jets, escorted the plane down, and arrested the guy. Yeah. That's Soviet Union right there. Yeah. They claimed it was a bomb threat. Uh -huh. the, states, the states did that, too. They grounded the Ecuadorian flight because they thought Edward Snowden was on it, right? Ooh, yeah. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. See, so yeah. there's a lot. And they're the ones Not that- just these other countries. Yeah. And they're the ones that took away his passport when he was in the Russian airport and then spread a fake story that he was trying to defect to Russia. Mm. But, but they're the ones that trapped him there. He was in the connecting flight. He was going to go to Ecuador. Yeah. So there's a, yeah. Lots of spin to go around. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Here's another uh, Belarus story. There's another activist, not the political opposition leader, but an activist in Belarus uh, who stabbed himself in the neck in court in front of the court after repeatedly being told that his family and neighbors faced prosecution if he did not plead guilty to his crimes, which he did yeah. not feel were legitimate. Did he plead guilty or was that what he was trying to emphasize his guilt? He I was am bad. Like. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. No, I think he was, you know, someone lit themselves on fire one time in protest, more than one person. That's the thing. People light themselves on fire. People do all sorts of crazy things in protest. Yeah, that was the uh, Tibet protest, wasn't it? Wasn't yes, it a Tibetan mosque? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I, I, it's ballsy, I guess you could say. Like, it's, you know, it, I don't know how much good setting yourself on fire is going to do with the issue that you're trying to support, but like, have at it, have at it, kids. You know. <laughs> all right. Well, James is all in favor of flaming bodies and neck stabbing. That's good. Listen, we need to like clear some space for our healthcare system. We're pretty bogged up right now. So. That's that's true. This third wave has been punishing. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap it up now with it's called the the MP3 I have in my inbox. James is get beats. 
Yeah, that's right. Double and entendre. You can either get the, the instrumental or you can get beats. Yeah. Sent to me at 4.23 a.m. Oh, and tell your audience, you have to be fair here because we're living in a pandemic. The, yeah. whole, the song was recorded with uh, like desktop speakers and a cell phone. So it's still no pretty way. damn good considering the production value. 4.23 a.m. on April 17th, my daughter was... <laughs> My daughter was two days old and I'm up feeding her, rocking her. She's crying. And my, my Twitter DMs are blowing up with James high on mushrooms being like, let's do a podcast. And guess what, man? I actually considered it for a second. Yeah. My wife was asleep and I, and the baby was just starting to calm down, just burped her a little bit. She was feeling a bit better. I'm like, you know what? I might be able to get away with it. <laughs> She's it, like, what are you doing? He's never coming over. Jesus Christ. It's four in the morning. <laughs> tell her, tell her. I'm sorry. It's Okay. All right, here it is. Get Beats, James DeFiore. <coughs> I'm in session and punk's like you don't even have to question, man. The funky remedy will make a whole new mess. We're not going to sit here for five minutes, are we? Because I am unloading, attract the Mac, the fact attack, they jack the mic is loading. Wicked business, weapons wanted. Freaking flow and flaunted. You want to battle, but you rattle because the mic is haunted. A happy whole hummer, slicker in the summer. I drive a 98, so sound with the funky drummer. My music's rougher than a fad hooker sitting on your face. I blast funk like kooky blast free bass. And can you understand the ways they wreck it? Man, I'm high like Peter Pan, but I will never double deck it. So just check it. I infect it as I catch it like a tuna. True to my crew, plus I'm fat like Yokozuna. My exciting, everybody wears a red and won't give you time to blink. So just think I'm on the brink, just like the missing link. You're wearing pink, I'm in sync. Bitch, get off the stage. I'm enraged. It's new age. The mic is like a 12 gauge. I make you spin like you had one too many gin and tonics. Dropping science, math, history, and economics. And I'm the kid that every rookie's mom wants to handle. And like a vandal, I'll shit and step like a sandal. Now the mic is handed over like your little sister. I'm sinister, you're blistered. I twist like twisters, mister. I'm Chris. Try to call me flaky money. Your nose is running like the sun. I'm sunny, nothing funny. And I'm a straight shooting hard fucking Mac punk. Slam you like a shack dunk. Slick enough to pack funk. And next time you try to step and interfere, I will string your ass up and hang you like a chandelier. Wow. James, yeah. I'm sitting here eating nuts, listening. I'm just sitting back. I'm like, mm. You know what's funny? I wrote that. I wrote that all those lyrics in 1996. Oh, really? I thought you wrote those. Look that at all, no, look at all the. Re yeah, I just wrote no, this I, minutes ago. I, I, I rhymed it that day, but like, or like, because I've been working on my flow for like the last year and a half. Like, I really have like, like I, I'm like in rapper Olympian mode because every day for like an hour I do this shit. But um, but yeah, no, I wrote it in 1996. All four verses. Like this is like the crate. I blew dust off the crate and I put a 2021 flow to it and that's like that's what it's about. Great man. I enjoy your raps. I enjoy your writing. That writer and rapper that I like. I'll change. I'll get my yeah. wife to refute it, refer to you as that now. The time has come for ex-Trontonians who are 45 and white and now live in the sticks to become world-renowned rappers. <laughs> the time is finally ours. <laughs> yeah and you it's almost like you know you used to leave the city and move out to a country home out to a log cabin if you will yeah, yes, uh, yeah. uh to, to be a writer yes i'll finally get time to work on my book now it's like i'm moving out of the city in my log cabin in the country so i can write raps yeah yeah right no i bet yeah. i do I, yeah i can't help it it's it's a hobby it will never go away i can't wait for senior citizen homes in like 2035 or 2040 oh yeah. it's gonna be like eric being rakim and like public enemy and, and like, like all oh, these and the tattoos as well. That's the other thing too. How many people millennials even are inked up now with all yeah. 
tattoos. I mean, those are going to be some pretty funky old folks homes. You don't turn 80 and just start listening to Pat Boone. You listen to Public Enemy if that's what you listen to, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be in the old folks home just rocking out to Cypress Hill and Public Enemy. And, and fucking Kruder and Dorfmeister. All the electronic music that's going to be in those fucking places. <laughs> like yeah, We're going to have a freaking old folks rave. Be like, you know, they used to have bingo nights and horseshoes night. We're going to have fucking rave nights. Yeah. Like, right. They even let them do MDMA probably by then because it'll be seen as a therapy and not a chemical, you know? Dude, I mean, it. hey, California just legalized psychedelics. We're headed there, man. We're headed there. I, I will still be illegal until we legalize here, but I'm proud of that. I yeah, I know. It's nice. It's progress. I mean, it's going way faster than it took to legalize weed. I can tell you that. Yeah. 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 yeah big sigh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap on that side. James DeFiore, the writer and the rapper. And uh, I love following on Twitter, James DeFiore and also blackballmedia.ca. Check out that article that we mentioned off the top as well. And thanks uh, for having me, Chris. I always love coming here, man. It's a good I, Dude, I love our chats as always. We'll do it again. All right, man. Thanks again. Cheers. All right. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.